Well, let's look at Ephesians 1, verse 3 this morning. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1.3, it says, Blessed be the God, of our fa- God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Let's go back to verse 3 before we uh, continue here. I want you to notice something. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, in the heavenly places in Christ. Notice that. Just as He chose us in Him. Notice that. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Notice that. Here at the end, it says that He made us accepted in the Beloved. We read in in those other verses, it said that He's blessed us in Christ, that He chose us in Him, in Jesus. Here it says we're accepted in the Beloved, who's Jesus. That made us accepted right there. When it says made us accepted, it literally means He bestowed grace or favor upon us. He made us accepted. It means that He bestowed grace or favor upon us. But notice how in the Beloved, in Christ, in Jesus. Let's look at verse 6 in the Amplified. It says, So that we might be to the praise and the commendation of His glorious grace, favor, and mercy, which He so freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. It's saying His glorious grace, favor, and mercy, He so freely bestowed on us in the Beloved, in Jesus. In the Amplified, the regular Amplified, It says, to the praise of His glorious grace and favor, which He so freely bestowed on us in the Beloved, His Son, Jesus Christ. The grace of God, the acceptance of God, the way we've been accepted to Him, adopted into the family, is through His Son, Jesus. In the Passion Translation, this is actually a combination of verses 5 and 6. It says, For it was always in His perfect plan to adopt us as His delightful children. Through our union with Jesus, the Anointed One, so that His tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify His grace for the same love He has for His beloved one, Jesus, He has for us, and this unfolding plan brings Him great pleasure. So God has made us through Jesus. When I say us, I mean if we have trusted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, exactly what it's referring to here, and we're going to see more scriptures to this effect. But if we have trusted what God said about Jesus, that is that He, Jesus walked on this earth as a man, 100% man, 100% God. He walked as God in the flesh. He didn't perform all the things He did as God. He performed it as a man, 
anointed by the Holy Spirit. But he came as God, as a ransom for mankind, so that if we will look to him and look to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, then we can be accepted in to his family, to God's family, in Jesus, in him. Not by what we've done, not by our own strength, not by our own works, not by our own holiness, but because of what Jesus did. So this is saying, and this is written to the church, it's a letter to the church at Ephesus. It's saying, we have been. Who's we? The church. The church is not an organization. The church is not a building. The church is not a group of people that uh, just call themselves the church. The church are those that have believed in the name of the Lord Jesus and believed Him as their Lord, their Savior, as the one who has been uh, raised from the dead, and by believing on, come into the family of God, those that are in the family of God, those are the church. It's not a name. Uh, we could, you know, like somebody said, you could take, you could go stand in your garage and that doesn't make you a car. Just because you put something else in the garage, your lawnmower, that doesn't make it's a, mean it's a car. What you put, where you put something, doesn't mean it becomes whatever you want it to be. Just because somebody is in a church building doesn't make them a Christian, doesn't make them part of the church. What makes us part of the family of God is belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, is coming to Him, coming to God and saying, I, I have nothing in and of myself. It doesn't matter how good I am. It doesn't matter if I've messed up every part of my life. The way I come into the family of God is through Jesus. The way I'm accepted into the family of God is through Jesus, the Son of God. There is no other way. It's only through Him. And we are accepted by God as Christians only through Jesus. That's how you got into the family. That's how you continue in the family. That's how we walk out our Christian life is in Him. We need to know and to be completely uh, convinced that we are accepted in Jesus, not by what we do. We got into the family by what Jesus did. And the way you maintain your walk as a Christian is through what Jesus did. If you go back to try to make it about you and what you do, you will quickly fall and your, your Christian walk will become weak and frail because you're not perfect, I'm not perfect, we, we are, are made born again or recreated when we, when we trust the Lord Jesus Christ, our spirit is made new. But we still have our flesh to deal with, that's our body, our, the parts of our mind that we need to renew. And so as we walk through this life, if we think we have to walk through it perfect in order to be accepted by God, we are going to constantly be stumbling in our attitude toward life and our relationship with God. We're gonna, it, it'll, it'll quickly become a divide because you're not going to walk everything out perfectly on this life. Uh, that's not a bad confession. You, you will not walk everything perfect. We strive to. There's not, we don't make an excuse for ourselves and we don't say, well, you know, just mess up here and there. That's, that's okay. We don't plan for it. We don't make light of it. But if you do stumble, if you don't, you know, you make a mistake. If you sin and you know you shouldn't, we need to know that the, our relationship with God is based on what Jesus did. Of course, we're walking things out here on the earth, but we need to know the foundation of our relationship. The why we're accepted is because of what He did, because He doesn't change. He's the one that paid the ransom for us to be right with Him. We need to understand and be completely convinced and strengthened 
in the fact that we as Christians, as the church, as those that have believed on the Lord Jesus, are accepted now, today. Accepted. His grace and His favor is on you. If you've accepted the Lord Jesus, and you know, uh, if you haven't, we'll give an opportunity at the end, you know, that we'll, we'll, we'll pray together. But if we have believed on Him, we need to know for sure that we're accepted now. Because Satan will try to divide you from your father. He'll try to push you away. He'll try to get you looking at so much in your own ability and your own strength. He'll try to make you look at your failings so much that, that you start to, to push away from God. It's not that you think you know, God is pulling away from you. You just don't think you're worthy. And we need to know that we are worthy only in Him. That we're accepted only in Him. That you're accepted. You're accepted not because of what you did, but because of what He did. He, what He did triumphs over anything that you and I have done. And we need to be secure in that. As we walk out our Christian life, we need to know that we're accepted. Let's continue to read verse 7, Ephesians 1, verse 7 in the New King James. It says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. See, it says, In Him, in Him, in Jesus, we have redemption. Not in what you and I do. Day to day. See, we strive to, to, to please God. As Christians, our heart ought to be, we, we want to please God. We want to do, to the best of our, our ability, we want to follow His plan. We want to walk out His plan. We don't want to do anything that would displease Him. That ought to be our heart. But it's in Him that we are accepted and made righteous. See, we need to keep those two separate. We need to understand that as we're walking on this earth, our foundation for approaching God needs to be in what Jesus did, not in what we're doing. If you get it on what you're doing, then your relationship can be up and down. It's not that you're going out just, you know, doing a bunch of stuff you should. I'm talking about Satan's so wicked, you could be doing really well, but he'll just shine the light on just something you messed up on here and there, and he'll just poke at it and say, well, you did this. Why would you expect anything from God? You did this. And you're, if, if you could look into the heart, the person's doing the best they know how to do. They, they're doing, they're, they're, they're actually going after God, but there is always something to criticize in any one of our lives. I don't care what human being on the face of the earth you, you talk about, there is nobody perfect. All you have to do is go ask their family. If you believe anything, anybody, it, you got them on a pedestal and you think they are just, just have it all together, go ask their wife, go ask their children, go ask their roommate. And you'll find out real quick, they're not all that. Now am I saying they're, they're the worst person? No, it just means we as humans, uh, we thank God for what Jesus has done and we're righteous in that, but we haven't arrived Sanctification is a process. That means being set apart and, and becoming more like Jesus. And you know what? It's going to continue until you and I leave this earth. However that happens, either you're going to, you know, if, if Jesus doesn't come back uh, in the next 200 years, every one of us is going to go on. We're going to pass away from this earth. Our body's going to go back in the ground, and we're going to move on. But, you know, if Jesus comes back earlier, then we'll go a different way. But regardless, you're still going to be growing throughout. That's, that's not a negative thing. We ought to be growing. And guess what? We're going to grow after we get out of here. You're not going to be God when you get out of here and everybody's just going to know. No. God is so infinite that for all eternity we're going to be learning. I know we can't comprehend that, but just think about the universe. It goes on forever. In other words, you can start now and just keep going and never reach the end of it. 
Well, God is infinite. God created the universe. He's much bigger than the universe. His knowledge is infinite. We know nothing compared to Him. We will spend eternity finding out stuff. We're going to grow. We're going to learn. We're going to see things that we didn't know on this earth. Oh, man, if I only would have known. Look, ah, I'm doing the best I knew. But that's why it's always so important in every situation, stay on God's side. You know, Satan will come and you don't see something, you don't think it happened the way you, you believe it should have, something in, in the earth. Don't get, don't start judging God unfaithful. God's faithful. We don't see everything perfectly. We don't know. But if we could see the way he says, sees, we would see, oh, well, it made perfect sense. Stay on God's side. Believe him. Trust him. But not a one of us has it all together, walks out their salvation perfectly. Doesn't mean we intend to do things wrong. But we need to, to come back to the fact that the way we became, we came into the family was through what Jesus did. Verse 7 says, In Him we have redemption. We have a lot we're going to get into, but just look at this scripture. In Him we have redemption through His blood. That means the blood that was shed when He was crucified on that cross. That's how we have redemption. Not what you and I did or didn't do. That's not how we became saved. That's not just a religious term, saved from hell, there is a hell to shun, saved from being separated from God. The way, the way we become saved, the way we come into the family of God is through Jesus. And it's the way we continue our Christian walk daily is through what He did. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, according to His gracious mercy and favor, like we read in verse 6, accepted in the Beloved. His grace and favor and mercy is to us in the Beloved because of what Jesus did, because of Christ. It said, according to His riches and glory, we have redemption, through the, for, the, forgiveness of, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, of the times He might gather together in one, in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, in him, verse 11, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Verse 11 says, in him also we have obtained an inheritance. How? How have we obtained an inheritance? How have we become the children of God? It's through Him. It's through Jesus. Verse 12 says that we who first trusted in Christ, trusted in Him and what He has done, that we should be, should be to the praise of His glory. Look at Philippians 3, verse 7. Philippians 3, 7. It says, But what things were gained to me, this is Paul speaking, the Apostle Paul, What things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. You know, Paul was a very educated man. Paul uh, had studied and done everything according to the Jewish law that he knew to do, so much so that he was persecuting Christians that had believed on Jesus because he believed what he 
he was doing was right. So he was so zealous for, for what he knew that he was actually persecuting people that believed on Jesus. But he became enlightened. Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. And Paul got born again. He, he, he trusted Christ. He realized what he had been persecuting was actually the way to God. The person who he had been persecuting was actually the Messiah. And he knew all about the Messiah. The the one that was going to save the world. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, the things that were gained to me, the things that I, I, I knew and had been involved with, these I've counted loss for Christ. Verse 8, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. He's saying everything else it doesn't matter. Everything I have been, everything I've done, I count it as nothing compared to the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. That's just, count them as trash, to nothing. I count all these other things as nothing that I may gain Christ. Verse 9, and be found in Him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. See, at the beginning of verse 9, it says to be found in Him, to be found in Jesus, to be accepted in what He did, not in what Christ had done, not in what Paul himself had done. He said, not having my own righteousness, or my own, righteousness is just not a religious term. Righteousness means to be justified. Righteousness is the state of being justified, the state of being acquitted. To be righteous is to be justified. That means, when, you know, in a court of law, when somebody's acquitted, that means they're declared not guilty. That means they've been absolved of any wrongdoing. That's what this word means. He said, not having my own righteousness, not that I've attained that because of me, which is from the law or what, what you do. And in this case, the old covenant, which was all just what you do. But that which is through faith in Christ. In other words, the righteousness or the right standing with God the justification which is through faith in Christ. In other words, it, Paul is saying, my right standing with God, my being accepted, my having God's favor is not because of me. Because he wrote Ephesians, what we read earlier. All these things that he's saying about in, God, in him, in Christ, he's saying here, my ability to stand before God, my relationship with God, my right standing, my uh, not being guilty. It's because of my faith in Jesus. It's not because of me. It's not because of everything I have done. He said, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness or the right standing of God, the justification, the acquittal, which is from God by faith. The position that we have as Christians with God in this family as the church is not based on what we do it's based on our belief in what Jesus has done and that He is the way. But this is not just for getting into the family. This is how we live, is with the awareness that I am accepted by God Almighty. Think about it. If you're accepted by God Almighty, the highest power in the universe, the, uh, the, the top authority, 
the highest authority anywhere, if, if he accepts you, then what does it matter what any other person or organization or anything else, whether they accept you or not accept you, they can't change your position in the universe with God, in the relationship, in the family, because that's not based on you. Somebody's opinion doesn't change who you are. God Himself has accepted us because of Jesus, and we need to live there. We need to live with that knowledge. It needs to be fresh. It needs to be vital in our day-to-day lives that we are accepted. An enemy will try his best. Number one, he'll try his best to keep people out of the kingdom of God. If he can get somebody to stay away from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, if he can, the enemy, there is an enemy in the world. His name is Satan. He is an adversary. He hates God. He hates anything that has to do with God, and he hates God's people. And he goes about the world deceiving. And if he can keep any individual from coming to the knowledge that Jesus is the only way to God and that Jesus has actually paid the way through his sacrifice to God, he he has sown all kinds of lies in the world. Well, there's a such as there's, there's any way to God. It's whatever you believe. It's, it's, you know, it's just whatever's in your heart. Or, you know, God, God knows all, all religions are the same. Those are all lies. And they are all originate, they all originate with Satan because he's trying to separate man from the true path, the true hope. I mean, you know, think about it. it right now, Sports are shut down. But, you know, if, if you have, if you want to go to the World Series, you better have a ticket. If you want to go to one of the World Series games, you better have a ticket. And it better be authentic. And in this day and age, it doesn't matter if it looks like a real ticket. Doesn't matter if you edit it, change it. It's either real or it's a fraud. And the only thing that's really going to get you into the game and keep you in the game without any legal ramifications is a real ticket. It doesn't matter if somebody sells you a ticket and tells you that it's the real thing. That's not enough. Doesn't matter if they're real good salesmen. And it doesn't matter if they bought it from somebody else and they believe it's a real ticket and, they buy it, they, and they're selling it to you. It doesn't really matter if the ticket's false, if it's a fraud. It's not going to get you in the game. And if you do get in the game somehow, you're going to get thrown out. You're going to have legal ramifications because the bottom line is it's false. And so there are all kinds of fallacies in the world concerning God. People just say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, how do you know that? Because I believe I am. Believe what? Well, that's a good question. What do we believe? Well, I go to church. Well, isn't make any difference? Well, somebody told me. My mom told me. My dad told me. Told you what? So Satan is a deceiver. He's gone about. He tries to keep people away from God. Get them to buy lies. And you realize, see, people can be sincere. Go through their whole life. They can be sincere for the whole life and be sincerely wrong. People can be sincere for generations. Doesn't matter if it's been around for 500 years. If it was wrong when it started and people keep passing things down, it doesn't matter. If it's wrong, it's not false. It's not the way to God. It's not relying on Jesus It doesn't matter how sincere somebody is. So Satan goes and he tries to keep, with all these reasonings and all these fallacies, try to keep people away from 
God. But if somebody believes on Jesus, comes to the saving knowledge, exactly what we're, some of these scriptures have said, come to the knowledge that it's only through Jesus and, and His blood, that's how you have redemption, that you believe Jesus died on that cross, that He rose from the dead, and that by believing on Him, we can be saved, that that's the only way. The Bible says if you have the Son, you have life. If you don't have the Son, you don't have life. That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Somebody comes to that knowledge and calls out to God, I believe that Jesus is the only way. I believe in what He did. And they come and they are what the Bible calls being born again. Their spirit becomes recreated, becomes new, is made right with God. And that means the person can stand in the presence of God without any sense of inferiority or guilt or shame. They, they're in the family. They're accepted. If a person comes and believes that, well, now Satan can't keep you, that person out of the family of God. But now he'll move on to another tactic. See, people come into the family of God and they preach the word to him exactly what we're saying here. You come, you believe in Jesus. You believe in what he did. People will say, I, I, I can't, I mean, I've done this and this. And say, no, the, show them what the Bible says and say, no, the Bible clearly says it's through him. It's through Jesus. That's how you're accepted. So, oh, no, I, I've done too much. You don't understand. I've done this and this and this. Done, done so much. Can't. God wouldn't accept me. No. Show them scripture, which we've looked at a few, and we could look at many more. We'll probably look at a few more. But bring them back to the word that says, no, it's only through Christ. It's only through his blood that we have through, uh, through what he did. Like Paul said, it's to be found in him, not with my own righteousness, but by what Jesus did. And so then if the person says, all right, I believe, I believe it's through Him. It's not what I did. Anything I did is nothing compared to the blood of Jesus. And they receive Jesus, and they receive Christ, and they say, God, I, I, I believe what you did. I believe it's not based on what I did, but it's, it's based on what you did. I believe you. I receive that. And regardless of what they had done, they could feel clean and new, because that's what the Word says, that they can stand before God, that there's nothing in between them, that they've been accepted into the family. And they are, they're clean, they're righteous. But then Satan moves on to another strategy. Once somebody's in the family of God, I mean, there's many things that he can bring. One of his favorite is, get you to start looking at your relationship with God. Even though you got in, you were convinced, it didn't matter what I did, I'm right with Him now through Jesus. He couldn't keep a person out, but now He pivots. Gets you to look at what you are doing and not doing and start making that the criteria for your relationship with God. And now a person that before was so free and felt like just so clean and free and believed, oh, I can come before God and it wasn't me, it was what Jesus has done and I'm so thankful I can come before you, not in my righteousness, not in my justification, not in my guiltlessness, but because of what Jesus did. And now the enemy will start poking and start pushing and say, well, you didn't do this. Why haven't you, well, you missed it here. Why, why aren't you doing that? You know, you've been doing this for five years. What's your problem? Why don't you get that over? And very quickly, he can get somebody that was enjoying their salvation now full of guilt, full of condemnation, full of shame. And it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for two days or two years or 20 years. 
If Satan can get you focusing on the wrong thing, he will steal the joy of your salvation and he will steal your relationship with God. You may be a Christian, but there's no joy. There's no peace. There's no excitement. There's no calm. There's no feeling of acceptance. You feel like you don't belong because you are looking at all the things you have where you've missed it. And if Satan can keep your eyes on those things, instead of what Jesus has done, he will rob you as long as you let him of your salvation, the joy that you're supposed to be experiencing on this earth. Doesn't matter how many scriptures we've heard. Doesn't matter how many times we've been in church. Doesn't matter how many books we've read. Doesn't matter how many messages we've listened to or watched on the internet. You can get done with a message. You can be lifted up during the message and feel free and light and you're focusing on God and go right back out in the world and the pressure comes right back and Satan brings thoughts to you that it's too good to be true and immediately tries to separate you from God. doesn't matter how much you've had in your head. He can, if, you'll, if we'll listen to the lies and focus on the wrong thing and not on Jesus, and what he's done, we will start to be divided and go right back out into our daily lives feeling shame, feel condemnation, feel guilt, feel like we're separated. Even though the truth is we're accepted through Christ. But if Satan can make that division and keep us away from what Jesus has done and keep us from that active knowledge, it's not head knowledge, you know, you may know somebody in, in the, just a, another person. They can tell you they love you or tell you you're their friend. But maybe you've experienced that with somebody that you, you don't feel accepted. You don't feel loved. You don't believe it. See, it's not the words. It's not the head knowledge. It's the reality of walking in this life in the reality of our salvation in what Jesus actually bought. And the more we take our eyes off what Jesus has done and that the fact is that we're accepted in Him, not in what we've done, the more we focus on ourselves, the less we're going to experience the fullness of God in our lives. It doesn't matter what the rules are, are, you can make laws out of anything. You hear a truth in God's Word, and it's, it's glorious, and you feel, you know, if it's believing that, that God has, uh, you know, the Word tells us that He's taken all our sickness, all our disease, or that he, he will provide for you. You could take any one of these things, and you know it, and you believe it, and you believe it's through what Jesus has done, you just have to cooperate and real quickly, you can start making a law out of things to where you, don't, you didn't do this right, you didn't do that right, you didn't do this right, you didn't do that right. And that truth, it's like it starts becoming out of your reach. It starts pushing away because you are looking now at your ability to do things instead of what Jesus has done. Our job, our role is to believe Him, believe what He's done. We do have a part. It's to act on what he's done. But one of the ways that Satan tries to divide us is through getting our eyes on ourselves. Getting your eyes off the fact that it's in Jesus. It's in him that we're supposed to walk out this time as Christians on the earth. We're supposed to live with the knowledge that it's him. And as we do that, our faith is strengthened. If we understand that we are accepted, not in head knowledge, but that God accepts us, He loves us. Through what Jesus did, we are fully justified. We have to renew our minds to that. Think about it. Meditate on it. 
Don't let it be head knowledge. Don't, be let, don't let it be something that's out here that I kind of believe, but really I feel bad as I go through the day. Oh, those are lies. To actually walk in it and start to feel, when I say feel, experience the love of God. I'm not talking about just walking by feeling, but experience what He has truly done for us and experience His love fully. Experience His, his acceptance. and Experience the fact that it's through Jesus that we're accepted. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, see, there's that phrase again, in Christ. You say, in Him. You see, it's because of what He has done. If anyone is in Christ, if anyone has believed on Him, if anyone has accepted Jesus is what this is referring to, He is a new creation. In other words, the spirit person has been made completely new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In verse 21, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, For He made Him who knew no sin. In other words, Jesus never sinned. God the Father made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him, that we might become justified in him. That's who we are. As a Christian, that's our identity. That's who we identify with, is what Jesus did. See, Satan can try to poke holes in what you're doing and not doing. And again, you don't make light of, of sinning, of going. It's not that so many Christians are in the place where they want to do right. They want to do what's right. Because if somebody doesn't want to do what's right and they want to see how much they can get away with, they need a heart adjustment. They need to come to God and get things right with God. But there's so many that are doing, they're doing what they believe they know to do, but they, but they are duped by Satan's tactics to get them to start looking at everything they've done wrong. Not that they're trying to. Many things Satan will try to beat people up, up, uh, up over, they're not even sins, they're just mistakes. They didn't do anything wrong, they just didn't do it perfectly. Well, if somebody were learning a, a, a skill, let's say a child were learning how to throw a ball. They're not going to do it perfectly. At least I've never seen one do it perfectly. Maybe somebody comes out, you know, three years old, they just wind up. But regardless, they're going to get better. They're not going to, if they're trying to pitch, they're not going to pitch like an 18-year-old. I would say no three-year-old can throw a ball like an 18-year-old. They're not doing anything wrong when they throw it. They're not doing it as well as they will do it. But how much sense would it, it make to tear the, the person down, tear the, the child down for being able to throw at the level they're throwing? They're, they're going to be better. They're going to get further. They're not going and doing something against any order. They're just not doing it at the level they will do it. So many Christians that have a heart to serve God have been derailed because they want to serve God but they, they do something and they're not doing it as far as, they, they're not praying as much as they think they ought to pray. They're not reading their Bible the way they think. They, they're not saying that quite right. They didn't say it wrong, but they didn't say it quite right. And so they start feeling condemnation and being separated from God because they feel like they have to do it completely right. And that creates a chasm between them and God and then they believe, because Satan's devious, that it's God that's pushing on them and telling them they're doing it wrong. It's not. It's the enemy. He's trying to get them so beat up that they pull away from God. And it's not God pushing on them. God accepted the world through Jesus when they had done nothing for Him. Period. That's how we come to God based on what Jesus did. And as we realize that, wait a minute, 
I'm trying to do this based on my own strength, based on everything I've done. I'm not looking to what Jesus did. I'm looking at my own self. The strength and our faith is quickened. The faith to walk out the things that we need to do in the earth, the faith to believe that God is, because we start to believe He's with us, He's for us, He's not, he's not the one pushing us away. That's a lie. And we can start walking then in the fullness of what He's done with the knowledge that it wasn't, I didn't get into this family through my own self and I'm not going to stay in this family through my own self. I'm going to believe in what Jesus has done and His power. And yes, I want to serve God. And yes, I don't want to do the wrong thing. But God will enable me to do that as I look to Him. As I walk in faith. As I do what He's called me to do, I, my, my, my uh, perspective changes. And I press into him instead of being pulled away. And experience in reality the acceptance and the love of God. God is faithful, he's good. And as Christians, we're to enjoy our salvation. God does not expect every individual to be perfect. God wants us to look to Him and our heart to be after Him. And just like the little kid throwing the ball, He'll get us where we need to be if we'll look to Him. And step by step, be strengthened in the fact that it's in Him. It's not in our strength. Praise God. Now, if you've never... This applies to those that, that have believed on Him. If you're, if you're listening and you said, I... I I've never trusted God. I've never trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I didn't know that, or I knew it. It was kind of out here, but I believe that. We're going to say a prayer right now, and as we do, just pray with me silently if you can. Let your heart agree with it. And uh, we're just going to, to come to God based on what Jesus did. This is how we come into the family of God. Just say, Father God, I come to you, not based on my own works, but on what Jesus has done. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that He rose from the dead for my justification, for me to be made right. You said in your word that whoever calls on the name of the Lord would be saved. God, I call in the name of Jesus right now. I believe he rose from the dead. And you said that if I believe that, confess with my mouth that I would be saved. I would be a Christian. So I thank you that I am saved. I am a Christian. I am in the family of God. Praise God. For every person, if you, if you, uh, if you are a Christian, but you have felt beat up, you felt condemned. You felt shame. You've let your eyes drift off of what Jesus has done, and you started to make it more than you maybe even realized about what you've done. Not that what we do isn't important, but you can become so focused 
on what you perceive as your failings that you become crippled. Your relationship with God is hindered. If that's you, I want to pray with you right now. Let's go ahead and pray. Just, just repeat after me. Lord God, I love you. I'm so thankful for what Jesus has done for me. Lord, I come to you anew, not based on what I've done, but based on what Jesus has done. Lord, I come back into your presence fully. Lord, I receive the joy of my salvation. I receive the peace that you've provided for me. I choose to walk in the fullness of what Jesus has purchased for me. Lord, I thank you for strengthening me, for guiding me, for helping me as I walk with you. Thank you so much that you've accepted me, that you love me. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. Well, if you prayed for the first time that prayer earlier, uh, let somebody know. If you want to go on our website and there is a, a contact button, uh, there's a contact page you can go on to. If you want to go to the I'm New, right at the top, there's a contact button. You can let us know. Let somebody, if you want to let, uh, we'll reach out to you on Facebook if you let us know there. You can send us a, a private message, whatever. But let somebody know. Yeah, and we could send you, if you do, we have a book that's called The New Birth uh, that you could, you could read and it gets you uh, more information about what has happened, what Jesus has done for you. But let somebody know, and you need to find a good church to get into, whether it's this one or another one, but a Bible-believing church. You need to, to have the Word of God so that you can become strong and have knowledge of what He's done. Praise God. God is so faithful. He wants every child of His to walk in the fullness of the knowledge of all He's done. And I believe as we get into this series, we're just going to be strengthened and built up and, and gone further in what uh, it means to be uh, in the family of God and to be accepted. Praise God.